0: Six these What is that stuff? A silly putty with a bang This doesn't sound like MacGyver. What's going on here? It feels so cold all of a sudden. What's going, what is this? Where are we? Did you hear that rattling in the back? Is there our body? What's happening? Is there our body? I oh got it's Pete. Oh, God, it's wrapped up in a bag. Ah, 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 ah. There's so much wind. Oh. And then it stopped. That was anticlimactic. <laughs> that really just ended really quickly. I was really hoping it was going to be a little more climactic than that. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I totally just lost my train of thought where I was going with that entire Diatribe. So I'm just going to stop right there and welcome everybody to Mollet's and Memories. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm your other host, Greg Klein. Oh, this is Mollet's and Memories, episode 117. And today, Greg and I will be discussing MacGyver Season 6, Episode 13 The Wasteland. An episode that really had a. It really could have fallen into PSA territory. And it kind of did. But it ended in a way that really restored my faith in MacGyver. (laughs) This definitely brought back the heady days of the first season. You had said it, too. This was the first true, like, full-on MacGyverism where he pulled pieces from everywhere he could find to build something so ridiculous. Like, this was almost like the season one episode where he built the hot air balloon out of blankets. That's right. (laughs) And flew it over the desert. (laughs) And Wait. then patch the desert, patch the hole with a map. It wasn't that a blanket?s Was it? What did he build it out? Remember it was, that it was like not Thief
1: of Budapest, but it was like no, it was a real hot air balloon. Was it? Yeah, he just patched the hole with a map because they shot a hole. Oh, in I it. thought he, but didn't he build a hot air balloon somewhere in the series? He did. That was further down. That was wasn't that the one with Starcos? Oh yes, it was. Yes, yeah, it was. Whatever episode that. So was. he did. So he
0: did build a hot air balloon, right? With the, with that's a, right, with like airplane dope and like canvas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So I had my seasons mixed up. But yes, this harkened back to like just completely like out of the blue. Like you had no idea this was coming. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my God, he built that. (laughs) And it was fucking amazing. And I loved it. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. This, uh, This episode did turn into be quite quite a solid solid episode it I, was
1: it was enjoyable i was worried at first that it was going to end up being just dumb but i think we're we're starting to embrace the silly
0: oh absolutely and, and i think you know pacing problems aside because there were a couple of pacing issues in this episode but overall it was just a it was a really good episode it really did it kind of harkened back to the early seasons one two three yeah macgyver before macgyver started tackling all sorts of you know environmental ecological issues and mm-hmm. you know rhino poaching <laughs> but poor, whatever it's poor rhino, poor rhinos um all right so before we start greg um we've got the return of one of our favorite beers of the uh, of the series so far it's the the mass landing gunner's daughter milk stout mm. and i've already had one and i'm about a you know an eighth of the way into my second one delicious and, and i'm it's so good greg why don't you crack that one open for us Giddy up! Oh, yeah. All right, Greg. Take a sip, and we're gonna jump right into this. You ready? He's ready. Mm. <laughs> mm. So that music you guys heard when we opened was—I don't even know if you want to call it music. It's just a lot of really eerie strings, ambiance, and in the in in the in the background, you just you see this big blue van like just barreling over these bumps in the road, <laughs> like driving too fast for that kind of road way too fast i mean it really looks like someone's having sex in the back of that van the way it's bouncing up and down over these over these mounds and it's very clear as we get from the title he's driving whoever this is driving this this van clearly is driving through a wasteland i mean it's dead trees there's mm-hmm. no wildlife there's nothing there. I wish there would have been like some
1: upturned like large animals like cows with like their hooves in the air. And
0: they've already shown it. They showed it in Killzone. I know.
1: That's what I, I was just thinking Killzone. Yeah. Wouldn't that have been great if there were just like
0: remnants of like animals and yeah, just Yeah, it would have been great. Horrible stuff because of all the poison that's been hitting this this whole area. It would have made so much sense to have mm-hmm. these just like dead animals lying around. But it, it should be like
1: like obscure stuff like, you know, that wouldn't be in the area like giraffe
0: because then we get it kills on worth there but weren't there a lot of like flashes to animals that should not have been living the, they were just it too- was like wolf to <laughs> rabbit <laughs> to sheep yeah. to like just these animals that shouldn't have been coexisting in the same 900
1: or, or at least yards. like in the same area right but then animals that should i i think it would be funny if there are animals that w- aren't even part of that that that, that poached that rhino <laughs>
0: yeah, poached rhino it's just like rhino without a horn oh, giraffe god. kangaroo yeah wallaby like all these weird animals just, There's like, just like a dolphin
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Come sitting on. there like
0: pfft, in the mud oh god and we so we so we find out it's MacGyver. He's driving this blue van onto the Phoenix Foundation Wasteland Test Site. Because <laughs> the Phoenix Foundation has a Wasteland Test Site. But it's fine, because it's just to help their think tank. It's just to help them think about things in mm-hmm. their think tank. It's also
1: interesting, we get another description of the Phoenix Foundation by a third party, and I'll, we'll get to it in We second.
0: do, absolutely. So we see this guy, and so MacGyver pulls into the test site, and, and there used to apparently there used to be a town where this test site is now, which is amazing because <laughs> there's no evidence of a town
1: there. No, you would at least want to see rubble right. or remnants of something, but it's just it's actually. Just, so it reminded me—I forget what it's called—but in the never ending Story, when a Treu's horse gets stuck in the mud. Oh yeah, reminded me of that world. The nothing. No, the nothing. No, the,
0: no, no, the nothing was the thing that came after that. Right.
1: Right. Was so, it Fantasia? No. No. That. Uh, no. Well, the never-ending story is a movie, but Fantasia is the land. No, Fantasia was the name of the land, wasn't it? Right, right. I don't remember. Yeah, but anyway... I, so I thought it would be funny as, the, as the, you know, the camera's panning and following the van that you see a you there trying to pull his horse out of the mud. Artax! Yeah.
0: Artax! Artax, that's right. No, he's just crying and the horse is just like, don't let him. <laughs> Yeah, it was the like the bog of infinite sadness or yeah. something like that. Right. The horse is depressed and refuses to like, like, even uh... put up a fight and just sinks down. Yeah. Because that's exactly what happens in the next scene, basically. <laughs> Pretty much. So MacGyver pulls into the test site and he, he pulls up and on the sign... For the wasteland site, there's an envelope, and he opens up the envelope, and there's a note in it, and the note just says, "Play this while you're driving, Willis." Mm. And he pulls out a cassette tape, and he pops it in, and it's this guy who we assume is Willis, who's talking, "Hello, MacGyver. I'd like you to play this while you're driving, and uh, just we're gonna go ahead and he's basically gonna narrate the next three miles while MacGyver yeah. drives to meet Willis in this contaminated wilderness zone. <laughs> yeah, it's kind. Of, I like. I loved this idea because. I sort of
1: did this for a friend once when I, my mother was going down to the Cape to pick him up to come up, and this was like when I was like a teenager, a young teenager. Okay, yeah. And I made a cassette tape for him him to listen to
0: on the way back up. Did so? You, would you give it to your mom and say yes? Play, let make sure he plays this on the way back. Exactly.
1: <laughs> so, That's amazing. <laughs> so it's
0: <was> pretty funny. <laughs> so I really liked that
1: because. I think it's a great idea. If you haven't met someone before, it's like a little mini tour. Yeah. So they know what they're getting into when they finally meet you three miles down the road in this
0: That's really awesome that you did that. I love that. I have it someplace. Can we do that for each other?
1: Oh, we sure can. We
0: should totally do that for each other this summer. (laughs) When you go on a long trip, I'll give you a cassette tape. Just mail it to me and make sure it lands in the exact spot that I am, like at the one hour point of my my trip. Okay. I can do that. (laughs) Let's make that happen. So Willis is talking on the tape about how this whole land has been contaminated with arsenic and selenium, and apparently this was because of overdevelopment of the city's construction company they've kind of they built too much on the land and the the ground got infected with all of this these these chemicals and this poison and he's worried that the same thing's going to happen to Maple Ridge, which is this other town that the construction company is currently building on top of mm mm-hmm and he's worried that this exact same thing is going to happen and this developer who owns the construction company his name is Andrew Bartlett and he's afraid that if Bartlett continues to build on Maple Ridge the exact same thing's going to happen and so Maple Ridge this is Maple Ridge I'm Andrew Bartlett Rock Ridge and that's what I was <laughs> God
1: I'm sorry you're not going to live that one you No know, Rock Ridge because the railroad's going through there
0: That's right exactly I don't think trains are going to get through this t- this town David you know the movie, don't you? I, no. Never mind. Is so Back to the Future 3? Nope. It's <laughs> the only train movie I can think of right now. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. So Willis is, we cut to Willis, and he's just like a kind of a dinky dork. He's got the Phoenix hat on with the glasses, and he's wearing headphones, and he's just kind of like talking to himself. He's clearly recording his findings, mm-hmm. and he's doing all these field tests, and he steps out a little too far into an area of of ground that has been eroded by all of the water and he immediately just starts sinking very yeah. quickly
1: <laughs> artax
0: yeah it's, he's the artax macgyver is atreyu yeah pretty much yes <laughs> that's exactly what this is <laughs> totally what happened because we see this in a few minutes so macgyver pulls in and immediately gets out of the car, and I like this because up to this point, with the exception of the strings at the beginning, there's no music, and all you hear is just like wind, just <laughs> right. That's true, blowing through MacGyver's Macgyver. Macgyver gets out of the out of this this blue van. Yeah, and he's just kind of standing there and looking
1: around. And it's dead quiet. You just hear you just hear the wind,
0: and I love it. It was really effective for me. Just and mm-hmm. then the the next thing you hear is the wind gets cut through by Willis screaming. For help Right. And he runs over and McGyver sees him and he tells MacGyver, like, don't step in any further. And so MacGyver takes a step further. <laughs> he goes into the quicksand, but not far enough that he can't get out. So he gets himself out. And I love this because this is one of those perfect timing moments where MacGyver has to really, really time this right. This so this was great. He goes back gushing. It was great. It was great. So he goes back to Willis's truck and he and he pulls the winch cable all the way out. He un- he, unlo- he unloads it as far out as he can. He hooks the winch cable to his belt loop and then he turns the winch on and it starts to retract Mm -hmm. and so what MacGyver has to do before the winch pulls itself all the way back in is run all the way to Willis grab him before he sinks and basically just hold on to Willis for dear life Mm -hmm. so the winch can pull MacGyver and Willis back out and I had this thought watching this that like MacGyver just like five attempts because he can't quite time it right. Yeah, he doesn't pull out <laughs> enough cable and he <laughs> runs and
1: it's like, Dink, damn it, he has to run all the way back, stop the winch, release it, pull it all the cable out, start the winch again, run, 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 run. No. no. But I thought it was really funny that it would be like, well, he, I think it might have been around his belt loopers belt. I'm mean, like, that belt loop wouldn't have held. It
0: probably wouldn't have. But-,
1: but it would be funny, like, as they're dragging... Like you see them getting pulled by the winch up and then they stop moving and then all of a sudden like out of the mud comes MacGyver's pants just slowly. He's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Let's go, let's go.
0: <laughs> and so naturally on the first try, MacGyver pulls Willis to safety. And I love this because I said this to you. I was like, this is a clear example of MacGyver's perfect timing. And then no sooner had I said that than Willis says, you know, somehow MacGyver, in the corner of my mind, I knew you'd show up. You're always on time. <laughs> I know. And it's just so true of MacGyver for all mm-hmm. 117 episodes. MacGyver is never late. He's punctual. <laughs> he is always on time. Oh man, it's yeah. like that. Was that line from Gandalf? A wizard is never late. He Me- arrives precisely when he means to. That's MacGyver. <laughs> yeah. MacGyver is a wizard. He re- he arrives precisely when he means to, and everybody
1: is expecting him at the time he decides to arrive. <laughs> exactly.
0: To, yeah. MacGyver doesn't give you time. Time gives you MacGyver. <laughs> that's the episode of the. Uh, that's the episode title right there. That's the episode. of Time the gives you MacGyver. That's perfect. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. I love it. Um, so we cut to we're in the lab tent now. It's like the Phoenix tent. I love this tent. So it's, it's like great. A, it looks like a Quonset hut,
1: um, but it's made out of fabric, and there's all this laboratory equipment in there. And it's funny because um, what's his name? Uh, uh Willis Artex. Oh, Ar- <laughs> Willis Artex. Yes. That's um, his new name. Um, Basically told McGuire he's like, okay, we better go take a shower before we melt. Yes. Because they're covered in this toxic dirt. Right. And MacGyver's like, wait, melt? <laughs> because what did we say? There's selenium? Arsenic and selenium. Yeah,
0: right. <laughs> in the dirt. And, and it's
1: radioactive, too. Yeah. Which is awesome.
0: So we don't see them go through the decontamination, but we assume they do, because in the next scene, they're clean, dry, and have a new set of clothes on each, you know. Yeah. And... MacGyver's like watching this really very clear. It's like this early 90s video of the Bartlett Development Project. Mm. And basically what it shows is that the Bartlett Development Project is contaminating the water at the aquifer level. So not the ground level Mm -hmm. or below it. It's like the level below the dirt—it's like deep, you know. It's really, really deep, and so this contamination—if it gets to the aquifer level—it will spread to Maple City and will basically erode the ground over the area, creating essentially a sinkhole uh-huh. that will swallow the entire city. Right. So
1: they're all—it was funny, and then like there's a little animation that shows like Bartlett City getting built, and then all of a sudden like the buildings tipping over and sinking into yeah. the mud, yeah, or whatever. I'm like, okay. I mean. I get it. If if the groundwater gets contaminated, it's going to kind of screw the pooch in your city. Right. I don't know if it's going to destabilize the ground. I don't know. I have no idea. I I have no idea. I think they had some kind of extreme accelerated
0: uh, version of of, uh, aquifer. This is all because of Dr. Sandra in Kill Zones. Sandra. This is the after effects of Sandra's virus. (laughs) Oh my God, you think somehow so? somehow snuck out and That's is now true. contaminating the entire country. Oh, Sandra. It's just a slow burn. Poor Sandra. <laughs> but MacGyver starts going over the EPA report and he's like, this doesn't really support the claims that you're telling me. And Willis is like, no, no, you're right, it doesn't, but I'm pretty sure that Bartlett is paying off these EPA agents yeah. to give the reports that say that everything's all hunky dory and mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with anything nothing is contaminated oh. and so willis is like that's why i've set up a meeting with you and mr bartlett but i gotta leave town so i'll see you later i know and then like- he disappears for the rest of the episode <laughs> the
1: only reason that macgyver is is there is because this because uh atreyu yes um, oh no because uh um, artex will will Willem, willis artex willis artex she's <laughs> i'll get it right willis artex um has to present to and uh, uh, washington dc which is great yeah but also like MacGyver's thrown under the bus to take care of all his crap. Of
0: course he is. Of course he is. And so we meet Mr. Bartlett. Mm. and he's what you would expect. He's like you know snobby nose up businessman. He's only he's only in it for for the money. Mm. He doesn't really care about what's going on. Almost and- like Lisa's father. Oh God, Lisa's I thought father. it was Lisa's. I thought he it was looked the actor. like Lisa's dad, didn't he? But may oh maybe they're cousins. I didn't I didn't look at the at the cast list to see if it was the same actor, but he definitely had. He looked like Lisa's dad. Yeah, but I don't think um, it was. So so Bartlett is, is in his office and he's meeting with his, which we find out later, it's it's his two children, Scott and Laura. Laura's very prim and proper. She's dressed up. She looks like she's in an office and she's in a meeting. Scott is kind of dressed like a bum. He's got his jean jacket on with a t-shirt underneath, really kind of like tattered jeans and... His kids are kind of briefing him on, like, the, the Phoenix Foundation's efforts to kind of go after the EPA to kind of figure out what's going on with the ground contamination. Mm-hmm. And Andrew just kind of, like, blows it off. Bartlett's just yeah. like, they're, they're nosy. They're, they're well, not going to find this anything. This is what he
1: asks. He's like, what do we know about the Phoenix Foundation? I'm like, are they are they people that I should be uh, worried about if they're do, trying to do this stuff? Right. And this is where the girl, um, what was her name? Laura. Laura. Duh, thanks. Laura says, Phoenix is a public interest foundation. Yes. Yep. So that's the first time I've heard that.
0: That there's ever been an actual description other than Think Tank? Right. There Public are... Interest Foundation. That adds a little more like gravitas to the
1: company. Sure. And, and kind of... <laughs> broadens things a little bit right like in the public interest
0: okay all right so that you can kind of make a case for almost everything they've done there's still a few things that really you i'm not too sure public interest is is what they what they're really doing but this Mm. is a public interest issue yeah sure you can almost make that case but yeah i I thought that was really interesting that they that they did that so bartlett tells scott and laura that he that they both need to be there because the investors are are going to be at the construction site to mm-hmm. basically go over. And so Bartlett can introduce to them like what's going to look like so people might want to buy what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he starts kind of shitting on his son, Scott. Mm-hmm. He's like, you, Scott, I tell you right now, if you don't show up at this meeting with a suit and a tie, I'm taking your Porsche away. Yeah. Basically is the thing. And so he's really just shitting on his it's son. It's made
1: pretty clear that he's been very hard on his kids. And that right. he made him, he built himself up from nothing. Exactly. He, and, and that's kind of, so... A self-made man with two kids and expects them to work as hard even though they've had an entirely different life.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so Bartlett's telling the kids, like, you've got to dress to impress and that all the training and the education that I provided for you were to show others that you're special. And Laura's like, listen, we can take care of this. Like, mm-hmm. we're, we've got this covered. And Scott just got this shit-eating face on yeah. in the background. He just clearly is. I got it covered, Dad. He's clearly against his dad. <clears throat> he hates his father. But Laura's just trying to kind of mm-hmm. keep up appearances. Right. Um. So, Laura and Scott leave, and Laura pulls Scott into the office directly. They share a wall. This empty office shares a wall with with Dad's office. Yeah, a little, mm, okay. And it comes out that they are trying to basically boot their father as head of the company. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott blames the dad for driving their mother to drink, which inevitably led to her death. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, the only way that we can have anything of our own is to take it from him. So Mm -hmm. we're going to get him out of here as the head of the company. Right. I was like, oh,
1: Scott's kind of a dink.
0: And you kind of sense at this point Laura's not really fallen through. She doesn't really want to deal with this, but she kind of knows that this might have to be the way Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. things have to go. So MacGyver, still driving the van, pulls up to the trailer office at the the Bartlett City construction site. Uh Uh-huh. And walks in, and Laura and Scott are there. Scott's no, he's doing something with an electrical outlet. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it he's like he was
1: messing around on the floor with like an electric baseboard or something. I don't know
0: what the hell he was doing. I don't so, know why. He, he, so MacGyver walks in and asks for Mr. Bartlett. Or he asks for Bartlett, doesn't he?
1: Um, no, he's like, uh, he, well, I don't remember. But any, Scott's something like, who are you? Like, or doesn't even ask that. He's like, what do you want? Right. And he's like, I'm, I'm here for a meeting with Mr. Bartlett. And then Scott yells, Sis! And mind you, these as That's he right. points out later, they're almost like thirty. Yeah, yeah. He's so like sis, and and then she comes out. Laura comes out. She's like, "What? What are you doing, Scott? What are you doing here?" And instead of acknowledging MacGyver like as a guest, right, um, doesn't say anything to him and starts talking to Scott like, "You got to go outside. You got to go meet the investors. You got to do this and get your shit together." Right. And then Scott's like, "All right, I guess business. I got some other business to attend to." Kind of nods to MacGyver, and MacGyver's right. like, "Okay." And then Laura finally, after like a minute of ignoring MacGyver, Mm -hmm. introduced herself.
0: Right. She introduces himself, herself. (laughs) MacGyver starts kind of like talking about like his concerns over the the ecology and the environment of what this is potentially doing. And as they're talking, the phone rings. Mm -hmm. Laura picks it up and it's Scott on the other side. And so MacGyver doesn't know that Scott's there. Mm -hmm. And they're almost, they're speaking in code basically. So whatever Mm -hmm. Laura responds to sounds like she's talking to somebody professional. Yeah. But basically what the question was, is he going to be difficult? Yes. Yes,
1: yes, indeed. Yeah. And like these, uh, you know, it's like, oh, we got to take care of it. Yes, we do. Right. Very simple stuff so that if you heard one side of the conversation, like Laura's side, that wouldn't make any sense.
0: Right. And so whatever that was, was enough to put this plan into motion to get the dad out of his position. Mm -hmm. So she basically, at the end of this conversation, she somehow convinces MacGyver to take her to lunch. Mm -hmm. MacGyver agrees because... MacGyver agrees to anything involving food. I would take
1: e- your mother, Dorothy Mantooth, out for a nice seafood
0: dinner and never call her again. You- Dorothy Mantooth is a saint. You understand me? We never see MacGyver eat in the series, so <laughs> the like the idea of him like sitting at a bar like I don't think we ever really see him. You're right. Eating. He always goes You're to these right. like, dinner meetings or these lunch meetings, and he's never actually eating. The
1: only time we've have we even seen him eat in his own home?
0: Because we had that episode. I remember the episode where he cooks the burgers and he burns them. And then right. he, he asks them out for Chinese. Then yeah. he makes the, he has the whipped bean curds. We see Pete eat the be- whipped bean curds. Right. But he never does. So he's always making stuff or preparing things. But he's never. Oh, I don't think we ever see him eating. So well, He's
1: eating the ice cream cone.
0: That's true. We see that in very early, like, first two episodes of season one. Okay. What else? I'm trying. Wow. That's a revelation, Dave. I'm gonna look this. I'm gonna do a little more research on this for the next episode. We'll see if we can come up with something like a sandwich or something. You know, know if we ever really see him eating a meal, bowl of soup. He's a robot. (laughs) He needs whipped bean curds that we never see him eat. A big messy like hoagie. (laughs) a reuben just oh no wait remember the episode we saw him eating the fucking bean sprouts in the jeep <laughs> yes that's <laughs> the one that looks like freddie got the, he's eating the sandwich in the car <laughs> eating stuff that's right he's face. eating the bean sprouts so maybe we do but again we don't really ever see him like eating a full meal because like he takes half a bite and then he's done so they're it's at this so like thin. they're at this little bar they're eating lunch MacGyver's looking over the EPA reports, and there's a guy behind MacGyver looks like Jack Dalton, and I got really excited. I know it looked, but like it
1: wasn't. It was like a, a, I think that was on. That was definitely on purpose.
0: It had to have been because we haven't seen Dalton since like the beginning of season five. Makes me really sad. <laughs> so she insists to MacGyver that these EPA reports are valid. There's nothing wrong with them. Nothing has been falsified. And MacGyver's mm-hmm. like, fine, great, I understand that, but I'm still going to talk to this this EPA agent. His name is like Ro- Rogoff or whatever they said Rogoff. his name Rogoff. And so Laura Rogoff. Wasn't that his name? Might as well be Skeletor. Ro- I don't Rogoff, know. Rogoff. Maybe I'm confusing my episodes. Rolo. I can't remember. So Laura like signals to this waiter without MacGyver's knowledge and the waiter comes over and says, "Excuse me, are you are you Mr. MacGyver? "Yeah, MacGyver. You, you actually you have a phone call somebody in the back room. This uh, pick up the phone back there and so MacGyver heads back into the back room. Doesn't pick up the phone because he realizes immediately and I wish he had said something like there's no phone call for me, is there? Yeah,
1: I know. He walks in the back room, and the back room of this place is just like a couple of pool tables. So he walks in, and these like two double doors close behind him, and he's walking up to the payphone, and it's, it's still on the hook. And he's like, "Huh?" Turns around, and there are a bunch of like you know guys right standing there with like pool cues right, and it's obviously like gonna be a, a power play, like, yeah. like a beat down. He's like, "I was supposed to get a phone call." Like, yeah,
0: I si- I like, I made that call. Like one, yeah. of these, one of the construction And, and he's like, he's like, you better get out of this town and you stay away from our jobs because we need these. And then a fight breaks out almost immediately. And I thought for a second, MacGyver does hold his own for a solid 30 seconds. Right. Until he gets a pull cue off the back.
1: Like this is so dumb. So MacGyver's <laughs> standing there and this doesn't make sense because he's like, you better back off because we're keeping our jobs. You get, you get the hell out of town. And MacGyver's like, can't we just talk about this? And the guy says, wrong answer. But he didn't answer. ask a question. Right. He just told them to get out of town. Right, exactly. And so immediately they're going to beat him up. So MacGyver takes a pool chalk, blasts it in a couple of their faces, and knocks, bashes some of them, some of them out. And I'm like, holy shit, for once, MacGyver actually has the upper hand and he's going to fight these totally guys. He's totally fighting back. And, and he's beating it. the crap out of them with these pool cues. And then one guy breaks his pool cue in half, and then MacGyver gets punched in the back and then gets his ass kicked. Right. And it's like, why, the, why
0: does this? Why? <laughs> why can't MacGyver just kick ass oh my god that would have been uh, right because he then basically gets the shit kicked out of mean, he gets a pull cue, a pool cue <laughs> off the back of the head they drop him and then like they basically knock him unconscious and he's like laying face down over the side of a pool table right as we cut to commercial and these guys leave we come back from commercial and Laura walks in MacGyver what happened and Max like I I'm fine. Like, uh, yeah. they got roughed up by some construction workers. Yeah. I wonder who
1: sent them. I, like, yeah. I love that line. He's like, I wonder
0: who sent them here. Hmm. He's,
1: she's like, what is that supposed to mean? He's like, and, whatever.
0: And so Laura's basically like, well, maybe that means you might want to back down here and let's let's be a little more careful. And Max's like, no, no, I'm still going to talk to the EPA Asian, but thanks for noticing. Yeah. He's like, what was his name? Skeletor? Yeah. Rocknerft. <laughs>
1: yeah. Wrong cornst. I don't
0: remember his name. I know so, we watched this about what and less than an hour yeah, ago. <laughs> Ron Kornst. I think it was Rogoff. I think if it was I recall. Too. So we cut to the investors' meeting at a hospitality tent in the rain. The shittiest hospitality <sighs> tent I've ever fucking seen. It's just so abysmal. It's just like you imagine. Okay, so you have you've got you've got um, Bartlett on one side. He's kind of going over what he's. What he's what he's proposing for the city, and then you've got all the investors on the other side of the table. It's raining out. It's just this one party tent. In the table, and we'll get to we'll like, get to the we'll get to the the food in a minute. The food, quote unquote. <laughs> so Andrew sees MacGyver, and I think Laura at this point mentions like that's this is MacGyver. This is the one in MacGyver. Yes. So then Andrew kind of like changes his tune and starts talking about oh our um, our artesian wells are the best that we've ever had, and the water is natural. Everything is safe. There's nothing wrong. Da 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 da.
1: Natural water. Okay.
0: Yeah, he's like this water is natural. It's it's safe, and MacGyver. I love MacGyver. He speaks up at this point. He's like, listen, um, the city's not going to be so pure once your company is done
1: with this area. Yeah. Well, he's like, you're not going to have all this water once you move 15,000 people in here. Right. He's like, hmm, huh, well, uh, Laura, um, take care of our guests for a minute. I want to go have a speak with Mr. MacGyver.
0: And so he like, dismisses the group and he's like, why don't you, let's all come over here and we'll have a drink. And he walks them over to one fucking water cooler with a table of cups. Plastic
1: plastic wa- or champagne plastic glasses.
0: Plastic champagne cups and a water cooler. I
1: know. He's like, this is the water that we have from our own wells here. It is natural. It is clean. It is fresh. And there's plenty of it for everybody. The artesian well. Artesian well, right. And that's when MacGyver <laughs> says his line. Well, it's like, not, it's not going to be here much longer that's if you right. 15,000 people. And uh, so that's when they start having their discussion. And and uh, Alex, right? Alex? Laura. out The man. The husband. Oh. Not the husband. The father. Bartlett. Let's just call him Bartlett. 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 Yeah. Bartlett. I think it's Andrew, but yeah, Bartlett. Andy Bartz. So Bartlett starts talking to MacGyver. He's like, why are you trying to ruin me? What the hell's going on here? And MacGyver's like taken aback. He's like, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm trying to help you out. I'm I'm trying to prevent you from going down this venture that's going to end in, in disaster. Right. Because this land can't support Bartlett Town or whatever the hell you want to call it. Maple City, I think is what it's called. Well, it's
0: Bartlett, Bartlett City. Or Bartlett Construction is the name of the, co- is the company that's going to be. It was going to be called Bartlett City. Oh, maybe it was, yeah. It's called Bartlett City. But like you said, you're right. Max, like, no, I'm not trying to hurt you. Like, I'm trying to prevent a disaster mm-hmm. that basically won't only destroy your city, but your company will go down. Right? If it'll go d- down, like your city,
1: <laughs> down. And, it's yeah. Go ahead. What were you gonna say? I wasn't going anywhere. I was trying okay. to pull a tray. You back into the story. But okay.
0: I, I really couldn't. All right. So Bartlett was like, "Listen, have I broken any laws?" Max, Max, like, no. Okay. Has all my paperwork been filled out and filed properly? And Max, like. Yeah, well, yeah. So, however, what's how, your point?
1: But MacGyver's point was that that one of the 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 EPA the agent. EPA report was done improperly because he did it after a big rainfall, so the right results were skewed. But then Bartlett's saying, "Well, did he do it in accordance to the law? Did he file it correctly and all this stuff?" So all the technical shit is correct, right? And MacGyver's like,
0: "Yeah, he did." And he kind of so he basically has Max hands tied, and so Bartlett starts walking away. and I love this, and he goes, "Max, like." But I do think it's interesting that this uh, EPA agent received a brand new car less than a week after the report was filed, and that kind of stops Bartlett in yeah. his tracks. And he's like, All right. "What?" My, and he's like, "Fine, listen. What? What do you want from me right now that will get you off of my back for good?" And Max like, "Give me two hours. Give me two hours to make my case to you. And if you are not convinced after that, he's like, basically Max like, then I'll drop the issue. Yeah." And Is it- He's okay. like, that's it? Two hours? Fine.
1: Yeah, what are we do? There's, there's a thing I want you to see. It's 40 miles away. We can get there and back in, in two hours. I just want you to see it.
0: And he's like, fine. Pick me up at 4 o'clock or whatever time. I think he said 4. Yeah, yeah he said like, 4. So Mac arrives two hours or uh, however long later in the van. <laughs>
1: yeah, he does. He picks up this, this wealthy business owner in the Phoenix van. In the
0: Phoenix blue van with no windows. <laughs> Great. And so here's where I love this. So this is where I get, this is where the speed vibes come in, speed being the movie. Uh-huh. Four out, four, four, years prior to speed, and this was totally a speed moment. So uh-huh. Mac and, and, and Bartlett drive away, and they leave, and Scott tells Laura, uh, Scott shows up, and he tells Laura, like, okay, everything's ready. We're going to dispose of Dad. We're going to take care of this. And Laura's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? And she's like, well, or Scott's like, well, when MacGyver checked into his motel, I, um, I rigged the van with a bomb. And Laura's like, "What the fuck do you mean you rigged it with a bomb?" <laughs> right. Yeah, I rigged it to the odometer so that when it hits 55 miles, kaboom. <laughs> right,
1: which is okay. So it's a, a van it already showed it had like 26,000 something it's miles like on it.
0: 26,000, we assume that they'd been driving for a while, so it was like 26,000 like 50. Right. So when it hits 26,055, somehow Scott had rigged it trigger the bomb and detonate the van awesome and it was cool i was like but we initially thought it was 55 miles an hour until right. we realized that it was talking with the odometer not the speedometer right and that made less sense that like how did you trigger this to hit well the funny thing was because we're <laughs> watching and the, the roads out there
1: are so bad and i was like there's no way the van's gonna hit 55 miles an hour right. it's gonna fall apart and then we're like
0: oh no he said odometer right how the hell is he gonna make that work? I don't know how he did it, and he somehow <laughs> figured it out. And fig- like, yeah, so he somehow figured out how to do that. So MacGyver and Bartlett are, are driving through the wasteland, and and Andrew's like, yeah, you're, this is really bad. Yeah, this is gross. <laughs> you know, he's kind of shocked that this is. He's like, and he, I don't know if he admits it immediately that MacGyver might be right. But you can kind of see that the tide is turning. He's telling
1: MacGyver, he's like, you know, MacGyver, I really like your sales pitch. I mean, you sent me a video, and then you gave me some paperwork, and now here we're going on a tour of this place. And MacGyver's like, oh, so you you like this? He's like, I'm I'm not not buying it yet, but you're doing a good job. Yeah, you're doing
0: a pretty good job with this. And so no sooner does that conversation end, the odometer hits 55, the car goes up, the bomb goes off, flips the car up on its front, over upside down and they land completely upside down <laughs> and we cut to commercial and we come back
1: they're both dead they've bled out they the completely break. bled out and pete. it just lingers on them we don't know where pete
0: is because he hasn't been seen in no forever. and it was,
1: it was disturbing because the end of the last 15 minutes of the tv show was just a locked camera on the deceased bodies of MacGyver,
0: right. and Bartlett, and it was kind of like van. It was like that thing. It was like that the the opening of like Monty Python's Flying Circus, and you just mm-hmm. see this like this bo- this this like body running back and forth, and it gets closer and closer and closer. And at the, like the forty eight minute mark, we realize it's Pete with the mask, yeah, and he jumps right up into the camera, unzips yeah. it, and it just says it's, and then the MacGyver end credits roll, and that was it. <laughs> that was the stupidest thing I've ever fucking said, Greg. And I hate myself for it. (laughs) God, we have completely lost our mind. We are 20 episodes away from the end of the series, and we have completely gone off the deep end. It's fine. I love it. I'm I'm reveling in (sighs) it. So they're not dead. MacGyver kind of regains consciousness. Andrew is still kind of in and out of it, and he manages to pull. He pulls Bartlett out of the car. They run. Immediately, as soon as they get out and they get about 50, 25, 50 yards away, mm. the van explodes even further. <laughs> right, of course, because you, you have to blow up the van. Exactly. Once you've already partially blown it up, you've got to blow it the full way. Right. and so, No half blows around here. <laughs> so whatever happened to Bartlett is basically preventing him from moving at full speed. He didn't break his leg, but he's bleeding pretty significantly from this wound, whatever the hell happened. He's, he's got a steering wheel in his calf. He's got a steering wheel in his calf. Yeah. It's bad. So MacGyver's like tending to the wound, and Andrew uh, Bartlett is like, well, this clearly must have been aimed at you, MacGyver. He's like, nobody from my company would ever do this to me. He's like, this is my company's Mm family-owned. He's like, nobody would stand to gain anything. MacGyver's like, yeah, okay.
1: Hmm, okay. Yeah, about that. Your kids might. (laughs) What, my kids? No. No,
0: (laughs) that's crazy. So we cut to Laura shredding all this incriminating evidence about the plan, just slowly and calmly shredding it, and Scott's like, so I think we should probably drive out to where this bomb may or may not have gone off to mm-hmm. confirm that Dad's dead. So Scott, so Scott, Scott,
1: yeah. you planted this bomb to, to get rid of your dad and MacGyver, right? And now you're second guessing yourself because maybe your little odometer scheme didn't work, right? And you got to go out there on your own
0: now to make <laughs> sure it shouldn't have worked under any circumstances. No, but somehow it did. So. So they do. So they leave and they head out there to see if Bartlett is dead. So MacGyver is trying unsuccessfully to get Bartlett to the Foundation tent Mm -hmm. to kind of treat him and make sure he's kind of laid up okay. And Andrew's like losing blood and he's in really bad condition and he can't go any further. And so um, MacGyver decides that he's going to leave Andrew and go get him help. Mm -hmm. So Andrew kind of starts... As he says... I'm going to call in a chopper. Yes. He's like, I'm going to get back to the tent. I'm going to start a fire for you right here. I'm going to make sure you're set and you're comfortable. I'm going to go to the lab, use the radio. I'm going to call in the chopper. Oh, does he ever call in a chopper? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> he calls in the chopper. He calls in the best kind of chopper. It's so good. <laughs> We're we are there. so close. So he starts the fire. He gets over there, and he gets over to the Phoenix tent. Scott and Laura, meanwhile, have gotten their car Stuck in the mud, and they're gonna have to continue on foot. It's now, Scott's Porsche. Scott's Porsche so, stuck in
1: the mud. So, so this Phoenix van was having a hard enough time driving out on this road. So Scott drives his Porsche out there into the eroded to make sure that muddy, his father's yep. dead and gets his car stuck. Right. So that's gonna be easy to explain, even if everything goes smoothly.
0: Right. How'd you get your car stuck out here and watch your father dead over there? Right. So Greg, this is the point where you had said during the episode that this is where the pacing. Every time the scenes cut to Scott and Laura walking to find their dad, MacGyver, whatever, everything just completely screeched to a halt. It did. I I don't know if it was the writing or the two characters or what, or the acting.
1: Scott and Laura together together, we're boring.
0: It really just, it really everything just like as soon as you would, you'd have this like scene of like because you get this one quick scene of uh, Andrew in front of the fire and he's really struggling. And then you go to Mac and he's in the lab tent. and He's like trying to figure out what to do, and then everything just stops. And they're just like walking, walking it's in the a mud. A lot of walking in the mud. Yeah, and that's really all we get because then the the only other time we really see it, they're walking, they're walking, they're walking. They find the van, they see blood, they follow the trail of blood. And they start walking their way over to that. I'm saying that quickly because I want to get to where MacGyver is at this point. Yes. In the episode. We both do. So while this is happening, Andrew is struggling in front of the fire. They're walking towards, they're following the blood trail. MacGyver gets to the lab tent and he gets on the radio to try to call for help and he realizes he can't get through. There's a Doppler. <laughs> I I, I want to make... Just before you get to what's in the tent...
1: Yes, please. I'm just going to mention that he opens the tent. It's zippered shut. So it's yeah. not like... Glass. Oh, yes. That's right. Yes. It's yes, zippered yes. shut. It's, I mean, it's a big tent. And he turns on lights. And we don't hear a generator or anything. We don't know... I don't know what the hell's out there. No. There's a tent out
0: there with all this equipment and no one around. Completely dark outside. Like, you don't see any lights inside from the outside. But as soon as MacGyver walks into the tent, every single fucking light... An instrument is on. <laughs> it's perfect. In this tent. So let's talk about it. Go, go back to what MacGyver finds in the tent. Okay. So he's trying to, first thing he does is he tries to radio for help so that he can get a chopper. Mayday, mayday, mayday. I need help. Gets nothing. He gets nothing, and he looks around, and he, and he goes over to another area, and there's a Doppler radar <laughs> sitting on the desk. And so MacGyver flips it on, and he's looking, and he, you, know, you hear the bing, bing, and MacGyver looks great. A storm. Awesome. And he just kind of has that, like, to feed, like, hands up, like, cool, there's a storm. Obviously, there's radio interference, so he can't get in there. Right. Perfect. So he's looking around to try to figure out what else he can do, and he sees an air tunnel. So there's a wind tunnel to study uh wind erosion.
1: Yes. So it's, just, it's probably 20 or 30 feet long, and it's built inside of this tent so they can study yeah. wind erosion. Out in a swamp. Right. Where the... Where there is no dry, dry <laughs> soil. Right,
0: right, exactly. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Greg, what does he do after he realizes that this is a full-on, perfectly working This, this wind is what tunnel? Ha- so
1: this was interesting. So he opens the front of the wind tunnel and kind of looks down the tunnel. And at the far end, he sees a propeller. And immediately in my head, I'm like, oh, my God. We have another hang glider situation here. Absolutely, yeah. Or another like little airplane. I'm yeah. like, holy fuck, what's he gonna do? This is great. And then he's like, huh? And then he walks over and he starts pulling it, pulling it apart. I'm like, what the hell is he gonna possibly build? And he- what could this be? Yeah. So it's it's a, it's probably like a four foot diameter prop in like a cage with like a gas engine on the back. Yeah. So that's how they're doing their wind tunnel. That's awesome. Great. It's awesome. Perfect. And I'm trying to think, what can he possibly do? What can he possibly do? <laughs>
0: So he gets the folding table out and he uses that as like a support, and he starts like using it as like a framework for ropes, and he's putting these ropes together. Uh-huh. And you had mentioned at this point, this was like this was that Apollo thirteen moment, yeah, that right. You had during this. so th-
1: my Apollo thirteen moment, so There's a uh, there's a moment where they have to make the uh, CO two scrubber canisters fit into the uh, the, uh, the command module, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So was, they had this team of guys to make a square peg fit in a round hole. Hole, yeah. And here's you know, and it took them hours with all the right stuff in a perfect environment, right? And a whole team. And here's MacGyver by himself building. Should I should I say what my my guess is? Yeah. What was your guess? My one of my first guess based on the stuff he grabbed was he's going to build a paraglider.
0: Right. First thing you said because in the next scene we see MacGyver like cutting sheets like he's cutting pieces of the tent wall <laughs> yes. out and he's attaching those he's attaching the ropes to the sheets that he cut out and then he's fastening these sheets to a backpack that he's crafted and then he's adding this onto this exhaust fan with the motor yeah and he's putting all this together and then we cut away for for a little while we don't see him for for a few minutes until the final product so we cut away to Laura and Scott episode screeches to a halt they see the fire from afar as they're walking and Uh they start so they call out for their dad they're like hey dad what's going on dad and bartlett hears them and he kind of screams for scott so he knows that his dad is in front of the fire so he comes out and he's kind of on a crutch and he comes up over the hill and he sees scott holding the gun and he goes son what what is going on here what is this what are you doing and scott's like dad you always pushed us to a point where we didn't want to be, and, and there, we, we've just had, we've had enough. Basically we don't just, want to. We don't want any part of this anymore. He says it's a hostile takeover. Yeah, yeah. And Andrew's like, I only did all of these things to make you tougher. And Scott's like, Ah, uh, you just did that to prove yourself because you grew up with no money. Right. We didn't have these issues, Dad. You were the one who grew up with holes in your shoes, not us. Right. You're doing this because you had a bad childhood, and he's just and so Dad keeps trying to defend himself. And Laura, you can tell the whole scene, Laura's having second thoughts about going through this. She doesn't want to kill her dad. And so she tries to convince Scott, like, this has gone far enough. Like, let's just stop. Like, don't pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Scott ignores her, points the gun at his dad, pulls the trigger, and then we get cut back to MacGyver. Who <laughs> hears the gunshot. And but-
1: we kind of... Go ahead. So... Cuts back to MacGyver. I fucking love And him. there's MacGyver. He's standing there. He's
0: like two miles away, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's far enough and away. And he hears this gunshot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Eh, whatever. Anyway. So MacGyver's standing there. On his back is the, the prop. Did I love it. He has a helmet on his head that he found in the in the shed. some sure. in, the, in the tent. And he put a helmet on his head. And draped out behind him is the parachute that he made out of the tent and the rope that he found. It's so good. It's so good. The tent... Turned into a parachute and MacGyver pulls the ripcord, starts the prop on the back and his mullet gets sucked into the thing, <laughs> pulling his hair out, scalping him immediately. That's and, and that's it. Show's over. No, it's amazing. It he's was starts, so good. Starts the thing,
0: starts running and starts going, getting airborne. Gets enough gets enough lift off, gets enough speed while he's running to then like jump and launch himself high enough that he literally just lifts off and then we get this one camera shot of MacGyver just flying off into the distance. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. But I love this because A, because then we cut back to Laura and Scott and, and Andrew. Not only do we not hear this engine coming because he's only a mile and a half, two miles away. We don't hear it coming. We don't... He doesn't he clearly doesn't move that fast because this scene right. plays out for a solid minute or two. Yeah. And poor Andrew's there. He's been shot in the stomach.
1: Yeah. He's like, Oh, it's on the ground. He's like like what are you doing? And so, what, what are you why'd you do this? You got you gotta stop. He's like, you're
0: oh, like bleeding out of his stomach. Yeah, and he's like trying to he's like he's begging Scott, like, just give this up, just do the don't do this. And so Andrew goes in for the final kill. Laura at this point has jumped in to try to stop Scott. From killing her, from killing her dad, mm-hmm. pulls the trigger and instantly kills Laura.
1: Drops dead like to the ground. Boom, dead. What the? F- and then and then and then this, this he, is where Scott. He like kneels down. He's like oh, he's kind of like taken aback. He's like oh shit. Kneels down. Like feels her neck. He's like yep, she's dead. Yeah, it was very. It was almost like a whoopsie moment. Like, yeah. Well, well, she, she's dead. I guess. And Andrew's like oh my god, what? He just starts crying,
0: and Scott's like yep, yep, dead. She's dead. <laughs> Yep, dead. And dead. He gets, oh, I love this. So he's he gets ready to pull the trigger for the final time to kill his dad. And we have the camera. The camera's behind Scott. And we see in the background this man flying in on a parachute. <laughs> with a helmet. With a helmet.
1: And not only that, he he took two flashlights with him. <laughs> yeah. So the flashlights are like jammed so in good. his backpack. So they're like illuminating the parachute or something. It's so good. And he comes swooping down. And he like comes in right in front of Scott and
0: plants both feet in his chest and, like, knocks him, like, ten feet away. And so this whole scene is done from MacGyver's perspective at this point. So we just see this camera, like, moving in very quickly. And Andrew, or Scott's just standing there with the gun. He had all this time to pull the trigger. Still doesn't see MacGyver, who's (laughs) almost right in front of him. Or hear the... (laughs) But, yeah, you're right. He just, like, he just kicks him right in the chest. But has enough momentum going, MacGyver does, to pull a complete 180 and turn himself around <laughs> to then fly back in and pterodactyl Bartlett. Basically, <laughs> he scissors him with his <laughs> legs and just flies off into the sunset. Right. As, as Scott's going to shoot Bartlett, MacGyver swoops
1: in down behind Bartlett, somehow gets his legs under each of his arms, <laughs> locks his ankles, and
0: then <laughs> guns it and takes it's off. It's so good. Oh, my God, it's so good. And Andrew, oh. Andrew, like, he fires off a few shots, doesn't make any contact with him, and we just see so, MacGyver fly off into the distance. Here it is. as MacGyver, So halfway, uh, about <laughs> 10 minutes
1: ago, MacGyver said, if I can't get you to a hospital in the next three hours, there's a, there's a good chance you could die. You're going to bleed to death. Right, 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 right. So all this time has passed. MacGyver's built a freaking parasail, a paraglider, <laughs> and has t- pterodactyled
0: Bartlett, <laughs> To go where? I don't know. Just fly him away somewhere. Because <laughs> eventually, this exhaust fan's gonna run out of fuel. Yeah, he's not gonna get very far. The van has blown up. The Porsche is stuck in the mud. There's a storm coming. He and, can't call for help. I know. And Scott. Scott's out there. Scott's
1: left behind with his dead sister. Right in the middle of the wasteland. Because the last
0: shot we see is Scott just drops to his knees, like giving up. And we just—where did he fly to? Forty miles, he said. It took. It's going to take forty. It's 40, forty miles to get out there. Who fucking cares? It was great. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. This <laughs> it was is amazing. It's so good. Oh my god, it was so. Um, oh, I. I just gush about that. We're not even done with the episode because. No, yeah. The episode ends with a really kind of like everything gets tied up in a nice little bow as as we have learned over 117 episodes. So we're back at a press conference. Andrew's making a full recovery he announces that he's he's going to shut down the construction project he's he's not going to do that anymore due to these new revelations that have come out um but he also plans that he also says that he's he's going to stand by his son he he mm-hmm. doesn't blame his son for the death of his daughter uh S- scott has been indicted for murder at this point mm-hmm. um he's being charged and bartlett's like this was just an accident i don't hold my son responsible for this and i'm like what the <sighs> oh, God. God. Uh, so yeah, so yeah. So Willis shows up again, not for much. So they're watching the press conference. MacGyver and Willis are watching that, and they ask him one more thing: like, well, what are you going to plan on doing now that you've sort of shut down this construction? And and we close out with a, with a nice, tight, little bow. I'm sorry, folks, but that's going to be the end of it. One more question, please. What's next? The new sports arena? No, my next project is a very personal one. I'll be setting up a memorial trust in memory of my daughter to fund a local family counseling center. It'll be the kind of a place where families with problems can come to work out things in a very loving and caring environment. Thank you, Mr. Byron. Well, MacGyver saves the day once again, as he has been known to do. Uh, yeah, so Bartlett basically shuts down his entire construction company to start a foundation and open up a counseling center for families with
1: so issues, essentially. So think of poor Bartlett. His wife is dead. Right. His son just tried to
0: kill him. And in the process killed his daughter. Right. Is now being indicted for murder. Yet... Bartlett's like, no, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by my son. He didn't mean to. He didn't mean to shoot her. It's he's we're gonna get through this. Uh, 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 yowza! Wow. What, yeah, I just
1: poor. Go- oh, damn it. There's so many so many characters in these shows or this show ends up in these horrible situations. You just feel
0: bad. Yeah, but you know, and again, as is the conventions of MacGyver, it just everything really does get kind of wrapped up nicely, and we assume that everyone has gone on to live a a happy a happy life yeah i I would imagine that his son would have been convicted and and probably put in jail for a couple you know 10 15 years yeah for attempted murder attempted murder of two people and murder yeah yeah attempted (laughs) murder maybe involuntary manslaughter and attempted
1: murder of of macgyver and bartlett right um uh, building a bomb right Uh, oh uh,
0: right the bomb uh, right right (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. all this shit. And not to mention the fact that he's probably been trying to steal this company from his dad for years. So there's probably evidence about all sorts of skimming that he's been doing for years Mm. off the top of the company. Mm. Um, But anyway, Mm. if you take out the ending of that, and I wish it would have just ended with MacGyver flying away (laughs) with Bartlett (laughs) between his legs, that would have been perfect MacGyver I'm getting really faint I'm bleeding a lot out of my leg what I can't I can't hear you I can't I can't hear you over the, fa- the exhaust it's I sh- you're fine we'll get you to the hospital We're 30 miles away but we only have 10 miles of fuel it's fine we got this we'll coast into the hospital it's great oh my god it was just so good um Greg, where'd you land with your mullets on so this So I gave,
1: this is an interesting one. Uh, I gave one mullet for the winch save right in the beginning with the uh, Atreyu save. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Um, even though Atreyu didn't save his horse, but whatever. It's okay. Um, one mullet for the uh, the Phoenix Foundation van. Yes. There's this big blue van with no windows. I thought it was great. And that MacGyver was driving it around and not the, the Nomad, the Chevy Nomad. You're right. Which
0: is Good. Oh yeah, that's right. We don't see the nomad um, in this episode.
1: One mullet for um, the Phoenix Foundation wasteland testing area. Yeah, it was
0: great. <laughs> which okay, <laughs> wasteland
1: test ground. Fine, whatever. And I gave two mullets for the paraglider and pterodactyl save. <laughs> Absolutely. So that if you count, that brings it to five mullets. Right. But I gave it a negative mullet for the bad pacing with with uh, with um, the Laura Scott, and Scott Laura yeah and. Uh, for killing
0: Laura, because it was
1: completely needless.
0: Yeah, it really was. Yeah, It, it didn't affect the... Because he still could have opened up that counseling center, because that family's fucked. Right. <laughs> that family still has he problems. He could
1: have done... They did not need to kill Laura, so that pissed me off. No.
0: Okay, so you ended up... Still, that's a four mullet episode. Four mullets. All right. So I, I I think we only had one similar... We had two, almost. So I gave the quicksand save at the beginning of mullet. It's just really a cool way to open the episode. I gave the Phoenix tent a mullet just because of all the shit that was in there. That's true. The random helmet, the Doppler radar, the wind tunnel. Like it was just like it was like a thriving ecosystem in there. <laughs> there was so much stuff going on. A-, a MacGyver Dome. It was sick like, of yeah, it was a MacGyver Dome. It was just it was just this little play field. And so then I did a mullet and a half a mullet and a half of the paraglider, which included the pterodactyl save. Um so I ended up at three and a half mullets. Yeah. Still a really good episode, but again, for the same reasons that you dinged it, the pacing just screeched as soon as those two showed up on screen together. Yeah. Uh and it really kind of killed killed the mood of the episode. But overall, this was one of the better episodes I think I've seen this season. It was th- really, really well done. And I think part of it's that we watched it together. I, I agree. I think we may have to do this for the rest of the, <laughs> yeah. the rest of the series that is that is winding down fast. Um, Greg, do you feel like go to Turkey? Uh, like the animal no do you want to go to the uh the, uh, the country oh i mean do you want to sure go- do, you, do you feel like taking a taking a holy rose-esque escapade oh geez you ready for this can i drink a bottle of wild irish rose while watching it do whatever you want to do season 6 episode 14 is coming up next eye of osiris in Turkey, MacGyver helps an archaeologist and his daughter search for the lost tomb of Alexander the Great with another ruthless archaeologist hot on their trail. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait. I cannot wait to see this episode. Um, but I think that's going to wrap it up for us this week for episode 117. Uh, if you liked what you heard, um, find us on Facebook at Champ Climb Blow Your Mind. You can Twitter us at Blow Your Mind 14 You Twitter. can Instagram us. Instagram, Instagram. us at Klein, You can email us at letusblowyourmind@gmail.com. at gmail.com You can also find us on our website at ChampaKlein.com where not only can you find the episodes of Mullets and Memories but you can also find all of our episodes of Champa Klein Blow Your Mind as well as our 24 hour podcast the 1440 so be sure and check that out if you so desire. Uh, the best way for us to be heard is to leave us an iTunes review and I understand and I know that we're coming to the end here we are twenty. Two episodes away from the end of the series, but we would love, love, love to have some new listeners come in and uh, and 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 follow out the adventures of MacGyver for the series finale. So leave us a review on iTunes. It'd be a really awesome way for us to close out the series with some new with some new listeners. So that would be great. So please, uh, please consider doing that for us. Um, but other than that, I, I think that's going to wrap it up. So for moments and memories this week, I am your host Dave Champa. I'm Greg Klein. Have a fantastic week, everybody. Well. Maybe it's time for a smoke.